This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Planning your next Disney vacation for the summer? Visit Undercover Tourist, the trusted name in theme park tickets. Get into the park you love for less. Save up to $82 per ticket to the Walt Disney World Resort. With a hotel or a car rental edition, you can save up to 30% off your order. Visit UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast for the lowest prices on all Walt Disney World Resort tickets. Plus, Undercover Tourist offers a 365-day refund guarantee. That's UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Up the Mess, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am here today, of course, for Bravo Friday. <sighs> There's so much to cover. So much has happened. I don't know what's going on. I mean, we got Real Houses of Atlanta. We got Summer House Reunion. We got New Jersey Reunion. We got Beverly Hills. Like, There's just a lot going on, and I say that I feel like every week, but we're really, really amping up, you know? Like, we're we're gearing up for a lot, and it's just a lot to take on. And I'm watching Real World Homecoming New Orleans, which I highly recommend. Of course, Chris Lewis bullied me into watching it. And guys, he never steers me wrong. And I'm obsessed. I will be probably doing like a bonus episode of some kind about Real World Homecoming New Orleans because I just think it's so important and we all should be watching it and talking about it. And you can watch it on Paramount Plus, which is crazy. <laughs> I'm sick of all these streaming services, but like, God damn it, they get me every time because there's always like one show where I'm like, all right, I'll pay three bucks a month for this garbage because also Paramount like has really nothing else offering. Like they're not really giving you anything else. Like it's it's bleak because like when I signed up, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but when I signed up, it was like click on at least three shows that like you're interested in. And it like had a list of like 30 shows to pick from to gauge to see like what you're into. And I'm like, I'm not interested in NCIS. I'm not interested in like any I'm none of it. It None of it looked appealing to me. Also shocked NCIS is still even a show. Very weird. I was never an NCIS girl. I was always an, a law and order kind of girl that done done like really did it for me. I mean, it was kind of cheesy sometimes, but it was like less cheesy than NCIS. I don't know. And the guy really bothers me the main guy in that show. I don't even know his name. I don't care to know his name. 
On Wednesday, I wrote about what sources claim to have happened at Amanda and Kyle's wedding, and that is up right now at thedip.com. So use code SPRING, that's S-P-R-I-N-G, for 95% off. Guys, that's $3. I would spend $3 on... No, actually, it's more expensive to buy something at McDonald's than $3. So anywho, go check that out, and let's get into the episode. I'm going to start with something that's a little odd, because you know my interests they reach far and wide when it comes to trash. And we got I don't know if many people know about the barstool drama that's going on. But I just want to talk about it really quick because I have some I take issue. So Barstool Sports, obviously the CEO is Dave Portnoy, which I mean, I have it's questionable to me. The whole Barstool culture I find to be odd. I'm just not someone that I don't get it. I the men that normally like are really into barstool are men that I do not enjoy being around. Like the Saturdays for the boys type of energy. That's not for me. And there's a part of me that like I get the appeal of someone like Dave Portnoy because he's someone that's so unfiltered and he's been such a successful businessman, I guess. But let me tell you the drama that's going on because remember a couple years ago there was the call her daddy drama which I was like obsessed with and I'm not even like I wasn't even a call her daddy girl like I was just I was just someone that like lives for this kind of like drama I guess like because I have really nothing going on in my personal life like I'm I don't have like a very dramatic personal life so that's why I look to all of these people for this type of energy chaotic energy and so there is a podcast through Barstool Sports called Chicks in the Office that's hosted by Fran and Rhea. They are I I like their podcast. I watch it on YouTube because I don't know because <laughs> I just do. And they always have like really good guests. I think they're like cool girls. Like I I like them. I you know. Well, Rhea was dating this guy named Hank, and he is nicknamed like Handsome Hank. Like he's just an all around good guy. I guess he was one of the original Barstool boys like he came in very early on in the company so they dated for about four years and they moved in together they had a dog together it was like a very serious relationship and then they broke up last summer Rhea said on the podcast she was like I still love like we still have love for each other it's not weird at work like she's like people didn't even know we broke up at work because it just are real like we just are so cordial with each other. Obviously, she's like, still, it's a breakup, so it sucks. She's like, but I just wasn't ready to like really take that next step with him. She's like, because I'm so young and I just really want to like live my life, blah, blah, blah. And I totally relate to that. Like, that's a really, when you're like presented with that next step of your life and you're just like not ready for it, it really puts everything in perspective. And I, I get where she's coming from, right? So there's all of that. And, you know, Time goes on, life goes on, and now it comes out that she is dating another guy from Barstool whose name is Marty Mush. Again, I've never heard of this guy's name ever. I barely hear of Hank. I just like chicks in the office. I just think those girls are cool girls. Uh, And Dave Portnoy and Dan, the like heads of Barstool, are going fucking crazy about this. They are like, going in on Marty and Rhea and they're just like this is so fucked up how dare you do this to Hank we're on Hank's side blah 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 got gets and publicly like 
not just internally they're having these conversations. They are going on Twitter. They are going on Instagram and like putting Marty and Rhea on blast for having this relationship. And the timeline, I guess, is messed up. And they didn't tell Dan. And then someone found out. It was, it's just a big fucking mess. And you're probably wondering, Sam, I don't give a fuck about these people. And I don't really either. But it really rubs me the wrong way because Dave Portnoy had has like a podcast slash like show, you know, that's you can go watch it at where he discusses the relationships of his employees and how he takes it all very personally when his friend gets hurt and he's closer to Hank than he would ever be to Marty and Marty doesn't bring anything to the table at the company and Marty's contract is up in February so he's only got seven months. He probably will not get renewed on his contract. And then he has these two men, Marty and Hank, sitting down on camera for content and like talking about this. And Hank is sitting there and he's like, I mean, it sucks, you know, that someone I work with is dating Rhea. But Hank is like being like totally cool about it. Like he's like, it's weird, but it is what it is. And Dave's getting like so worked up and basically telling Marty to his face that like he will not have a job come February because he doesn't bring anything to the table. And he's super mad at Rhea, who's mind you, in her early 20s. And I'm just like, I sat back and I watched this and I just couldn't believe that a male CEO was able to fucking do this. Because it made me, it reminded me of this like quote unquote hit piece that was written about Emily Wise, who is the CEO of Glossier or Glossier, whatever you want to pronounce it. Who cares? It's like LaCroix, LaCroix, like whatever. She's the CEO of that company. And there was like this piece about her and the culture that she created over there and how she made everybody have clean desks and they weren't allowed to have personal items on the desks. And she had close relationships with certain people in the company and not with others. And it was very clicky and it was blah, 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 blah. What the fuck? I am just so sick and fucking tired of these male CEOs just getting away with fucking murder. Could you imagine? Imagine let let me think of see there's not that many female CEOs let me think imagine Lauren Conrad sitting down with two female employees talking about their personal relationship on camera for content and like and telling one of them that they will no longer have a job at the company because of this personal relationship and because of this quote unquote betrayal that doesn't even affect her in the slightest could you fucking imagine It just infuriates me because I just feel like women, again, especially CEOs and women in business, are held to such an incredibly high standard and have all of these incredibly high expectations. Like, God forbid a woman just wants a clean, open floor plan, like everyone just have clean desks. Apparently, that's the worst thing you could do. But Dave Portnoy can come on and basically bash his employees and their personal lives, which, again, should not affect him in the slightest. You know, Tom Brady was even involved in this drama. That's how far reaching his reach is. Like he can get all these people to be upset at Rhea and Marty for just simply having a relationship. And, you know, Hank was like, I believe the timeline. Like, I'm not upset about this. Like, like, yeah, it sucks. We broke up. But he's like, she's a grown woman and she can do whatever she wants. And yeah, it's weird that someone in my office is dating her. But like, I guess allegedly said that they wouldn't date anyone in the office. But like, think about a restaurant, like restaurants, everyone's fucking each other. You can't help it. Like you can't help 
who you fall in love with. I mean, maybe sometimes you can, but I feel like enough time had passed. Like, I don't get the big deal. I feel like it's gross. And it just makes me so angry that he is just able to get away with like treating his employees like this so publicly for drama. And it just really rubs me the wrong way. And I don't know. It just I just feel like he can get away with murder. And like it just, you know, he's not considered gossipy you know, by his male fans. But like, imagine if like a woman CEO did that. I just, uh, it just, it rubs me. You know, guys, it really gets me going. It really frustrates me. Anyways, so enough of that. I do want to talk about the Kardashians. The new episode just came out. I won't talk about it for too long, but I did have, there were some funny moments, I will say, when Scott, well, let me start by saying that Kim is very open in this episode about how she's like, I feel like I don't know who I am because she's like, I was with Kanye for so long and he like dressed her and she's like, I went to him for everything. And now it's like, I'm not doing that. I'm trying to figure out what my style is, who I am, like what I like, you know, how I can move forward in my life. And I was like, I really applaud that like level of, you know, transparency, which I mean, I I don't know how transparent it really is. And then she said, you know, she goes, I've never talked about the bad things that Kanye and I have gone through publicly. She's like, I will, you know, she's like, so it's kind of frustrating that, you know, he's allowed to write a song about me and our relationship and all these horrible things. She's like, but I can't speak on this relationship on my reality show because one is respected and one it's not. And I was like, damn, like, that is so true. She gets, again, held to a different standard than him. Because, you know, she's like, it's creativity and it's art and it's whatever. She's like, no, it still hurts. But she can't make a joke during SNL about how she divorced him. And then he goes on some fucking radio show. And I remember this happening. This was back in the fall. And so it was kind of nice to see her really be very as vulnerable as she can be um, about that. And Scott even said he was like, it's kind of crazy that someone who is so beautiful and is like one of the most famous people, if not the most famous woman in the world, talk about how she's insecure, like how she's unsure of who she is. And I thought that that was really powerful because as someone who's in therapy right now and my therapist literally told me to my face, she's like, you don't know who you are. I was like, wow, drag me. So, I, you know, if I can relate to Kimmy in any aspect, it is that, which is wild. Yeah. So that was I just thought the episode was overall good. It's you start to see the little Pete nuggets that are being dropped because in the very beginning of the episode Courtney and Kim are talking about how Courtney wanted to go to law school at one point and they were like oh yeah and Kim's like isn't it funny how I'm always like a little bit behind you like but we always live through the same things together and you know Courtney said that and Kim was like what are you talking about and they kind of like gave each other this look and Courtney was like they basically were saying that that Kim is now going for a guy that's similar aesthetic to Travis, a.k.a. Pete, because then later in the episode, you know, she's texting someone and the producer's like, does his name rhyme with feet? She's smiley, smiley, smiley. It's cute. She talks about him a little bit at Chris's birthday party. I don't know. I enjoyed it. And then we got to talk about Kendall not knowing how to cut a cucumber. Guys, I was so stressed watching this. I posted on my Instagram, so please go take a look. The way that this woman is cutting a cucumber and Chris is just staring at her, like literally begging her to stop. Like, I will get the chef. Like, please put the knife down. It was so funny. I highly recommend. I don't know. The new the new show feels fresh to me. It feels good. I I enjoy watching it every week. 
I know they're problematic and got issues, but, you know, I can't help myself. I just can't. So enough of that. Let's get into Bravo and let's talk about Summer House. All right. So let's talk about the Summer House Part 1 reunion. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I wrote about it on the dip.com for my recap that I put up on Tuesday, but I will obviously talk about it here as well. And I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because I just don't understand Paige's problem. <laughs> like, I was sitting there and I was watching it and I'm like, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get the attitude. Like, where is this fucking coming from? And I understand that she's said that she's uncomfortable sitting next to the people that she's sitting next to on the couch because she feels that they don't like her. But at the same time, it's like, ah, it was just hard to watch. And I, you know, talked about it. I was like, I came into this season as a huge Paige fan. Like, I really like her. And I'm slowly losing it. Like it's lose I'm losing the like the like the likability, I guess, for me because it just feels like she's got this stank ass attitude and I just don't know where it's coming from. And you know, Andy pretty much jumped right into the whole, you know, Lindsay situation where they were essentially weaponizing her miscarriage against her. And to bring up a woman's miscarriage and to not even be able to, like, look her in the eye, I find to be so disgusting. And I just don't get it. Like, why are you bringing up this woman's miscarriage at all? Leave it alone. And I felt bad for Lindsay in that moment. Well, I felt bad for Lindsay a lot. Um, And I'm not saying everything Lindsay does is perfect. And I agree with everything that she has said and done this season or ever. But to watch her just sit there and just let these people talk about her miscarriage like she isn't the one that experienced it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And, you know, to then have Paige look at Luke and be like, well, he didn't experience a miscarriage. Oh, he's a man like no fucking shit. He is allowed to do whatever he wants. Lindsay is allowed to do whatever she wants. She is single. And I just don't know how we went from Paige and Lindsay at the finale having a conversation like, oh, my God, who cares if you're sleeping around? Who cares if you're doing this? Who cares if you're doing that? And Lindsay said, you know, on a podcast and at the reunion, she was like, I thought Paige and I had a great summer together. And then I watched it and I said, oh, clearly we didn't. And Paige was like, that's crazy that you think that. And it's like, is it crazy? Because you were having a conversation with her talking about how, yeah, we're all trying out here. We're all just trying to figure it out. You know, I support your journey of like being a little Tatiana if that's what you want. I don't understand what has happened. And this is a problem I'm taking up with Bravo specifically is now that you have people on multiple shows that film three times a year at different times, we kind of have to get these seasons out a little bit quicker because now, like, they might be rehashing something that happened in S- Southern Charm. They might be talking about something that happened. They may be angry about something that happened at Winter House. Now, Lindsay did comment on Instagram. I forget whose Instagram. Um, I saw it on comments by Bravo where she was like, nothing happened in Winter House with Paige and I. Like, so that, I don't know what's going on with that. So I don't know. But it's like, that was where the disconnect was for me. And I'm sorry if I'm rambling. I'm really just trying to, like, make sense of it in my head. And then Paige lost me again when she when Carl was, of course, sticking by Lindsay, who he would stick by whether he was dating or not, because they are best friends. And Paige was like, what did you do this summer? 
And it was like in that moment, it really made me like it clicked with me. I was like, oh, like Paige is very hyper aware of the cameras and making a TV show. Whereas when Kyle, Carl and Lindsay started the show, it was really just people living in a house together, having fun. And there just happened to be some light drama. This has now taken a turn. The drama isn't as light. I still am enjoying it, of course. Obviously, never want it to end. But that rubbed me the wrong way. And of course, it's like, fuck you. Like, he was sober this summer. He was sober. That's what he did. What the fuck did you do? You know what I'm saying? Like, that just pissed me off. And then for Carl to come back and try to explain that to her and tell her, you heard his voice crack. It hurt his feelings because that is something that he takes so much pride in and is so, you know, it's hard for him and it's work and it's something he works on every single day. And for her to just dismiss that and be like, oh, come on, Carl, that's not what I'm fucking saying. And you know it. And how she tried to spin it on him. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, just sit there and be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it for it to come out that way. Just say that. I don't know why that's so hard. And then it was like just amazing to me how she was able to just turn it around on him and he just sat back and took it. And it's like, that's what I was so frustrated about this whole reunion is I feel like a lot of people just sat back and let Paige, Sierra and Amanda kind of like run the show. And I didn't like that. That that bugged me. I wanted Andrea or Alex or Luke or anybody to speak up and they didn't really. Luke did a little bit. Alex, you know, here and there. Andrea didn't really say much except for, you know, whatever he experienced uh, with this Lexi situation, which whatever we'll get to, I guess. I don't know. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. And even Andy was like, what is your problem? Like, what is going on? Like, your body language is crazy. And she's like, Carl's been yelling at me the whole time. He's like, Andy was even like, what are you yelling at you? Carl did not raise his voice one time. He was speaking to her. Speaking. It's nuts. It's real. It really was just I felt like I was in the twilight zone because I'm like, I felt on some level that these women were trying to bait Lindsay and Danielle into getting like angry and getting upset because they wanted it to be like, see, look at you. You're upset. You're angry. You're yelling at us. This is why we don't feel comfortable around you. This is why we feel like you're not approachable. But Lindsay and Danielle didn't seem to take the bait. They really sat back and was like just letting them talk to them however they wanted and say whatever they wanted. And I didn't know Amanda was this mad at Lindsay about this whole situation. I was very perplexed. I was like, wait a minute. Like, why is she so mad? Like, I didn't think she was that mad about it. I didn't think Amanda really cared. But Amanda was like taking up for Sierra in such a strong way that just really shocked me. And I think it was a really missed opportunity, a really big missed opportunity for Bravo to not have Austin there. Now, I never want Austin on TV. I mean, I get that he's good for drama. I totally understand. So I can't believe I'm even asking for him to be at a reunion. But I feel like it was a missed opportunity. And I would have liked to see him there just because I feel like he would be able to shed clarity on the situation, be able to speak on his perspective, which could help either Sierra or Lindsay. And, you know, I feel like it would have maybe taken the heat off of Lindsay a little bit and would have made things a little bit clearer you know, because then Sierra did say she's like, well, you slept with him a month before. And then Lindsay uh, on Instagram said on a on an Instagram post again, forget which one. 
she said, we didn't sleep together in that way. Like we slept in the same bed together because we all went out to a concert and whatever. Like Carl was there, I guess. And Danielle, I think, too. I just feel like that would have been really good to have him there. I feel like there would have been some resolution instead of I feel like everybody is leaving this reunion off in like a worse place than they were before, which is great for season seven. I got to be honest, but I don't know. And again, I'm a little confused with Maya. Like I just I know she hangs out with the girls like Lindsay, Danielle, Lou, Carl. Like I know she hangs out with them. I've seen them on Instagram together. I don't know how much she hangs out with Paige or Sierra. So that was confusing to me because it I just didn't understand that. I don't know, guys. I felt I felt weird watching this reunion. I did. I felt really, really weird. Paige's stank-ass attitude. Sierra, I mean, not even being able to apologize to Danielle for throwing the glass, which Danielle was like, you watched it back and you didn't say anything to me. Like, she could have easily texted and been like, hey, I didn't realize I did that in the moment. My apologies. That's all she had to say. And Sierra's like, well, I didn't think it would be you know, reciprocated. It's like, what? So they're begging, they're begging Lindsay to apologize. They are literally feeding Lindsay what to say word for word to apologize for the thousandth time to Sierra, saying her apologies weren't good enough, but Sierra can't give Danielle an apology. And what I find really interesting is that these girls are saying like, you guys are unapproachable. I started my first season. You guys were really closed off. It was hard to get to know you. Okay, well, that's weird because there's scenes of, I mean, in this first season Paige ever joined, Lindsay invited everyone out to dinner. Paige decided to stay home with Amanda on their first night and Hannah went with them. Also, you will never see the girls going into Lindsay's room. You never see them trying to interact with her or Danielle. You see a lot of Lindsay going into their room to talk to them. You saw Lindsay going into Paige's room to talk about the guy that she was hanging out with. You saw Danielle sitting down post fight with Sierra to talk about her like quarter life crisis. So I'm just like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like, what is the real problem here? And that's where I get frustrated because I'm like, what is really going on? I'm so confused. I don't understand. And I want to get it like I want to try to understand like where everyone is coming from. But I just in this situation, I don't. And do I think Lindsay was 100 percent right when it came to the Austin Sierra situation? I don't. But this point when it's like this much of like what I feel like is a gang up I'm kind of just left to side with Lindsay no matter what because I'm like I just feel bad for her like to watch her just sit there and let these women like weaponize a miscarriage like is fucking nuts to me Lindsay's allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants stop it it's crazy that's how I feel about that kind of went off on a tangent I don't even know what the fuck I said like truly I just blindly just went into that I did enjoy when Maya was like doubling down on her dislike for Austin. I did really enjoy that because we also didn't. I mean, Alex kind of stood up for her and was like, yeah, like he told Maya that she didn't even belong in the house, that he belonged to be there more. And then I loved when Carl said, yeah, he's thirsty for being on three shows, which is shade, of course, to Paige and Craig because they're also on three shows together. So there's just a lot of undercurrents attention. There's lots, lots going on there. But that's pretty much all I have to say about part one of the Summer House reunion. I can't wait to get into part two on Monday. It will be so good to kind of just see where it all ends up, see what's being said about who. I know that Lindsay drops the bomb that Sierra maybe had slept with Austin post all of this happening, which adds another layer. And I try to give Sierra a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, just a teeny bit, because it's like we've all been down bad for a dizzy boy. Like we've all 
we've all liked a, an idiot that we shouldn't. We all have slept with idiots that we shouldn't. I mean, we're all clowns at the end of the day. And she is like 25 years old. So I try to like be like, OK, like, I mean, uh, hello, guys. I dated someone off and on for four years. I was a fucking clown. It was the clown brigade clown parade. I was a loser. OK, so I get it. I get it. But I am commenting on a show that is on TV. So that's where we're at with that. All right. Let's take a quick break and then I'll get into New Jersey and then we can talk Beverly Hills premiere. Planning your next Disney vacation for the summer? Visit Undercover Tourist, the trusted name in theme park tickets. Get into the park you love for less. Save up to $82 per ticket to the Walt Disney World Resort. With a hotel or a car rental edition, you can save up to 30% off your order. Visit UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast for the lowest prices on all Walt Disney World Resort tickets. Plus, Undercover Tourist offers a 365-day refund guarantee. That's UndercoverTourist.com slash podcast. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. All right, so we are back and let's talk about New Jersey. It is part two of the reunion. I got to be completely honest. I didn't realize that we were getting three parts of this reunion. It's explosive. I mean, this group is so fractured. I mean, I I don't know how they move forward, truthfully, because I personally think Melissa is so fucking tired of like this constant need to defend Teresa when Teresa truly hates her guts. And I think Melissa feels very, you know, similarly. So we pretty much pick up where we left off last week, where Joey Gorga is like storming off the set. He's quitting the show. He's had enough. He's being called a bitch boy by his sister for simply being on the show that he's been on for 10 years. And I mean, I did have to laugh when Andy, when, you know, Teresa was like, why is he on the show? And Andy was like, because his sister and his wife are on. Like, that's why he's here. We asked him to be here and to participate. All of the men are here. If you guys don't remember, Louie has been mic'd up multiple times on this show. Like, they're all a part of it. I don't know why Teresa is, like, such a fucking ding-dong dingleberry about it. But she is. Like, she's being dumb. And it's, like, it's hard to watch her be so dumb. I'm sorry. Like, it's getting to the point where I'm, like, I can't keep redoing this over and over again. And, you know, Andy's like, go talk to your brother. Like, this is getting out of hand. Andy was exhausted. He's like, this is fucking nuts. Because then Andy had to go back there and talk to them, which I think people like to say that Andy has favorites. And I think he does. But I respect the favorites that he does have because they are ones he's had relationships with for so long that I'm like, I get it. Like, he's protective of Teresa because she did start this show. She has shared so much of her life. She has gone through so much. So I understand that, of course, he's not going to, like, love Jennifer right away. Like, he doesn't have that kind of relationship with her. It's different for an OG, obviously. Like, a Candy or a Luann or a Teresa. Like, it's just the vibes are different, guys. They're different. We all just got to accept and move on and just, like, be be good with it. Stop asking Andy to, like, not pick favorites. Hello? Everybody's got a favorite. 
of something. I know people say that they don't have favorite children, but I don't believe that that's true. I just don't. I just don't. And Louis, I mean, oh God, he's so swollen and sweaty and I just can't stand him. I know that that's lame to say, but oh, just he freaks me out. And Teresa just not understanding that like it, the stuff was already out there and it's not Margaret's fault that it was out there. And it, I'm just like, are you kidding? And then Andy kind of tried to he didn't like catch her in a lie, but he did where she was like, yeah, Gia was like so supportive and blah, blah, blah. And Andy's like, well, she was apprehensive because of what was out there about, you know, Louis. And Teresa was like, no, not at all. And then they like quickly flash back to that happening of her being concerned for what has been put out into the press. And it's like, why does Teresa think that she can just get away with these like stupid lies? It's like she tries so hard to spin things. And um, this Jennifer Crooked drama, I, I don't really find myself caring about it. To be honest, I'm just exhausted. Guys, can I be honest? I'm exhausted from New Jersey. I am because it's like, like, I really enjoy Jersey. I do, but to continuously have to just talk about the same thing on this podcast because every episode is discussing the same thing and we're not getting anywhere and we're going. I feel like I'm on Ralph's tumble dry. I'm just like, what more is there to fucking say? <laughs> like, I got to be honest. That's truly how I feel like I'm. My head hurts because I'm like, how much more can I talk about Joe and Melissa? How much more can I talk about Teresa? Like last episode was the same as this episode. This episode, I really did enjoy the Jackie stuff. It made me sad to think that she's possibly demoted given like how vulnerable she was this season. And she was really the only one that gave us any storyline that didn't revolve around Louie and Teresa. So that I appreciate. Unfortunately, you know, I hate the circumstances for her that that had to happen, but I don't know what else to say, you guys. I'm just like, oh, I'm just tired. I'm just tired because it's like, oh, and then next week the men are going to come out and then what happens? We talk about the same thing with Louis and Marge again. I don't know. Am I being crabby? Am I being a hater? I'm really not trying. Maybe I'm coming down for my coffee high. I don't know. Because I find myself just saying the same thing that I said last week. And that's annoying. Like, I, I'm annoyed with myself. I'm really working through a lot right now out loud. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I, I really, I know that's fucking lame. Come at me in my DMs. Yell at me. It's, you know, shock. Nothing new. People yell at me all day. I just don't know what else to say about it. I really don't. I, one last thing. I'll leave it at this. I don't trust Dolores' men that she picks. I think they're all weirdos. I don't like this poly guy. I know nothing about him. I just don't get good vibes. And for Frank to be like, yeah, I don't fuck with him. Telling. Very telling. Because Frank is not like someone who's like mad about Dolores even dating. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Also, does Frank have a job? What's going on with that? Why is he always grifting into other people's homes? <sighs> I don't know. But I'll just leave it at that. Who cares? Moving on. Let's talk about the premiere of Real Hustlers of Beverly Hills. Guys, I was so excited. I was so excited because last season was truly one of the best seasons of Housewives of all time It because everything was unfolding like while they were filming and that really like no one knew how to react. No one had time to like get their shit together. Like everyone was just kind of reacting on screen. And I I was I'm excited to see how this all kind of unfolds into into deeper drama how Erica is going to move on, you know, from all of this. Cause now it's like, well, last year it was like, we watched her move out and now it's like, well, she's been in this house for at least a year. She's now, you know, she said she's having sex with people. I can't, I can't even 
entertain this Rinna drama with with Sutton. I really, guys, I really can't. It's so stupid. It really is. She's mad because Sutton said that she invited her to the Elton John party and didn't get a thank you. And Rinna's mad about it. That's how little Rinna has going on in her life that she's willing to share with the world, that she's mad about this. And for Rinna to say, Sutton was my friend and I would never do this to a friend. Bitch, you did. Denise was your friend. Denise, you would you would do anything for a check. You wore a diaper. Like, are we joking? Like, who are you fucking kidding? Right? Like, who are you kidding? But I will say, I really do enjoy her confessional look. Rinna's confessional looks really good with the hair and like the boobs. Rinna always has these like really bronze boobs that I just like, I find very like beautiful. Like, I I don't know. Is that weird? Because Teresa also has those bronze boobs too that I just like, I'm very, it's very pretty to me. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. Because maybe because I'm so pale that I'm just like, wow, having a bronze bosom must be just like the, if you have bronzy boobs, like you rule the world. That and a long torso. If you have a long torso, bronze boobs, like there's no stopping you. Girl, you could run the world. You could solve all world's problems. Um, shout out to girls with bronze boobs and long torsos. Couldn't never be me. Um, I got scoliosis and I'm always the the number one shade in foundation because it's the lightest one. So know that. Um, always a pink undertone. Never gold. Never gold. It's like one of the worst. I said this on an Instagram live a couple weeks ago. The moment that you accept that you have a pink undertone and you get foundation and concealer that works with that, you really are just like leaning in. And I think that that's important. <laughs> Because for so long, I really, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Okay. Anyways, guys, anywho, I'm really enjoying Garcelle. Obviously, she's like one of my favorites, but I was really enjoying like her and Sutton together. I feel like they have a fun little friendship. Then we got Erica and Rinna, you know, gossiping. I really, I really sometimes enjoy Rinna's fashions. Like, cause it's, it's like she said, Dorit light. Cause I think Dorit is like very, very into her looks, which is fine. But it's not like realistic to me. You know what I'm saying? So I I enjoy when they're like high fashion or, or like just expensive, just expensive looking. And you know who's expensive looking? Crystal Minkoff. Crystal is fucking rich. I don't think people understand. Sutton and Crystal are like fuck you money. Like they have fuck you money. And Garcelle has fuck you status. Like, I don't know how much money Chris Garcelle has, but I know it's not as much as Sutton and I know it's not as much as Crystal. But she's got that status. She's got that star power. She's got the connections in the industry. Like, people love Garcelle, know Garcelle. Like, she is fucking it, okay? With Crystal and Sutton, it's like they just have lots of wealth. Like, lots of it. And I really, I'm excited to see their friendship kind of come together because I do think Sutton and Crystal are very, very similar. And maybe that's why they didn't get along at first because that's normally what happens. Like you don't really vibe with people that are most like you because you see yourself in them. And it's like, that's a mirror I'm not ready for. But now they're putting that aside. That was a fun little moment. Mauricio was high as a kite, putting on his shoes. Paris is the wedding. Like blah, blah, blah. Right. But let's get into the real situation that happened. Dorit's robbery. So I was shocked that this was going to happen in the first episode, like very heavy. Like this premiere felt very heavy to me, which is fine. Like I'm not complaining. And like to see the footage of the robbers like come in and Dorit's like voiceover was very chilling. 
especially because we saw her filming earlier that day and little Jaggy and Phoenix and they're boxing and then she's on the phone with Garcelle and she just got back from London. And so to see it all kind of like come together and then have it be this like horrific incident was a lot. It was a lot to take in. And then, um, you know, I do remember seeing the photos of the women going to her house the next morning. And then we get Kyle. Now, Kyle loves a moment. Kyle loves a scene. Kyle loves to make make moments. Okay, let's be clear about this. When she was crying, looking out that window, as my friend Paige said, like she was watching her husband leave to go to war. I truly kind of cackled because I was like, okay, clearly she's ready to have this scene with Sutton to debrief Sutton and the situation, have Sutton and her cry, have this moment. Sutton did not come with that agenda. Sutton came in with molasses and chocolate chip cookies that she left in her car from the day before, which sounds terrible if you ask me, especially in the California heat. No, thank you. And Kyle is like distraught. Okay, Kyle is in her Ghostbusters jumpsuit crying and Sutton just walks in and goes, I know my eyes are so watery to the allergies. I was like, Jesus Christ, Sutton, like Sutton doesn't give a fuck. Okay. And I know that that makes her look terrible and I understand that, but it was almost so like so much of not giving a fuck that I found it funny, like because it was like shocking. I was not prepared for this. Like when she sat down with Kyle and she was like, you know, we all have things going on. I have my immigrant. I have my designer dealing with immigration. And Kyle was like, you're comparing Dorit being held at gunpoint to your designer and And Sutton was just like, I mean, it's all relative. Like, uh, yeah, I wasn't held at gunpoint. I'm sorry. I was like, I was in shock. I I mean, I was Kyle. Like, we were all Kyle. But then I did take a step back and think about this. Kyle loved this because I think of Kyle Richards loves one thing. It's she loves to be on a moral, emotional high horse. She loves to be the one that's like, I'm the one caring the most. I'm the one that's affected the most by this. I'm the one that's devastated for my friend. And you're not as devastated as me. She loves that shit. Loves it. Go back. Rewatch all the past seasons. It's 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 a theme. Okay, it's a theme. It was there with Taylor. It's there. I mean, and then, of course, you know, people are comparing it to the situation that happened a few seasons ago with LVP when LVP's brother committed suicide and then her mother died shortly after and was crying about being at a funeral for five days. And Kyle looks at her and she's like, well, we all have stuff going on. And Kyle did say on Watch What Happens Live that that was an asshole thing to do and it was an asshole thing of Sutton to do. Everybody's an asshole in the situation. But it's like, really, girl? Come on. I have to stand Sutton. I'm a slutton for the moment in Kyle's kitchen when she literally comes for Erica's throat. Sutton doesn't give a fuck anymore. Sutton is like, I'm done trying to tiptoe around this woman who threatened me. Um, I don't care that she went home and cried. Maybe. I was like, yes, bitch. Because she's like, you know who's crying is the victim's of these crimes. The, the plane crash victims are crying. The burn victims are crying. I don't care that Erica is crying. She's like, I don't care. And I'm like, I like that she's being real about that. I'm enjoying that. It's refreshing to see these, to see women not really bow down to the, you know, flat force five. Like it's, I, I'm enjoying it. I understand that people were upset by it, I guess, but I, I think it's interesting dynamic television. Okay. I do. 
And I mean, she basically called Erica a gold digger, which again, I also I also enjoyed that because, you know, they're both single and they both are want to be set up by their friends. But like Sutton said, she's like, I think we have different criteria for what we're looking for. She's like, I have my own money. Excuse me. And then Kyle has the girls over the day after the robbery. And I just have to be 100 percent honest. I do understand that people handle trauma differently. I can't say what I would do in that situation, but I can say probably 99.7% sure that I wouldn't want to film. I would be like, can we just not mic up for a few days? Like have the girls react and have them have a dinner together to talk about the robbery. But I just want to be home with my kids and my husband. It felt odd. And I i mean, I think like what she endured was terrible. There is no doubt about that in my mind. But it just it felt str- like I was shocked. Like I was like I was shocked that it was the next day. It it felt like this. It felt like the scene was filmed like weeks later and like Mauricio just eating chunks of brie while, you know, Dorita's retelling this horrific story. It's horrible. It's horrible. But I, it felt odd. And like to leave your kids in the house where, you know, there was this robbery with your assistant. I'm just like, that is odd to me. Like, I don't know. I know that that might be an asshole thing to say. And I get that. But I'm not saying that the robbery didn't happen. I'm just saying the reaction after seems strange. And then to have PK come straight from the airport to get mic'd up to be filmed and see his wife for the first time after all this, again, was odd to me. I don't know. Am I a bitch for thinking that? Maybe. But I'm just being honest. I'm just trying to be honest because it feels odd. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not saying it didn't happen at all. I believe that it happened. But I'm just shocked that they filmed the next day. So that's, I mean, and then Dorit said on Watch What Happens Live last night because Andy asked her about the alarm. Like, people are asking why wasn't the alarm set, blah, blah, blah. Was it broken? (laughs) People were like, did Teddy's husband, was he involved in this? Teddy did say that he did not do their alarm system. But Dorit had said that she didn't turn, she doesn't turn the alarm on because her kids might walk outside in the middle of the night and it will go off. I don't know. That's just what she said. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm I kind of this is going to sound fucked up, too. I kind of hope that we leave this in the past. and We're able to just like like move on to other. Th- I don't know. That sounds mean. I'm going to stop. But wow, lots to cover. Lots coming up. Of course, you know, you can check out all my thoughts at the dip.com. Um, use code spring for 95 percent off and we can talk there. There will be live chats every single week on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. where I mean, it's basically just like a live it's like a live Twitter thread, but only on the dip. It's great. And I will talk to you guys soon. Uh, definitely slide into my DMs if you have any comments, thoughts, concerns, if you agree, disagree. What are you feeling? What are you thinking about this season of Beverly Hills? What do you think we're going to get? I know we're going to get some Kathy drama because Kyle did say that her and Kathy were not speaking after filming, uh, which can't wait to see what happens there. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.
What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. 